It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Longhorn Notebook. It's our first hour a notebook and uh, shifting it back to baseball uh, where the Longhorns did take the two of three against San Jose State. Uh, if if you missed out on this, they, they what they did was had to compress the series because of the threat of a lot of rain. In the final analysis, by the way, there was very little rain that happened. There was some rain before game one on Friday afternoon, which they moved forward to 2 o'clock in anticipation of a lot of heavy rain on uh, Friday night and Saturday and Sunday. And saying Saturday would be almost unplayable and Sunday uh, might be only slightly better. So they moved it to a doubleheader. Game one was played Friday afternoon. There was a little brief shower, uh, but that was it, just a little tiny one. Other than that, it was fine. No action was interrupted. Um, The Longhorns probably could have used an interruption in the eighth inning instead of the interruption that was supplied by San Jose State. They rallied with three in the eighth, one in the ninth. There was a a wild pitch and and an error that contributed to it as well. So San Jose State wins the first game 6-4. In between games, now normally in Big 12 Conference, you have uh, 45 minutes if you're going to play a doubleheader. But they wanted to keep the evening contest at its regularly scheduled Friday night time of 6.30. So the first game was at 2 o'clock, and it got done relatively early. So they had really about an hour and 45 hour, 50 minutes, something in between time. So it ends, and uh, and it was just like a steam bath because even though it wasn't raining that much, it was unbelievably humid and, and muggy and all that sort of stuff. So after a little while giving the guys a chance to cool off and and change uniform and all that kind of stuff. Same thing with the coaches. I go down to the uh, clubhouse to visit with uh, Coach Pierce uh, because we do a pregame interview. We do a pregame visit with uh, Coach Pierce. And at the time, coming off that loss, I asked him, I said, there's a little more separation time in between. He he talked about how disappointing it was for the game to get away the way that it did in the eighth inning. But not only that, he said – the fact that the team, the ball club left runners stranded was really not good in several times. So uh, I asked him, I said, you've got more time in between games here. Does anything change in terms of the prep or how it's viewed or what you say to the team or what they do? And he said, you know, they're going to have to figure that out. And he said that on the end. They're going to have to figure out there's some things that they have got to get straight. Coaches can only do and say so much. They've got to figure out. And they did. And they went about it and they attacked right from the start. And they they uh, scored the most runs a Texas team has scored in uh, 18 years. I think two fa- 2005, the last time they scored 24 runs. Uh, they won that one 24-3, and uh, and then came back on Saturday. And by the way, in the booth on Friday night, speaking of the weather, so Roger Wallace and I are calling the game, and none other than KXAN meteorologist Kristen Curry shows up. So she dropped by just to say hi and. I said, no, 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 you're not getting away that easy. Put on the headset. we got to we got to get some weather low down. And she nailed it for Saturday. She said, you're going to be okay. She said, it'll clear out. It'll be all right. 
uh, to, to finish the series, and, and she did. She was right on top of it on Saturday. And then Saturday, and the Longhorns were as well. They went 24-3. to The other big story that come out of this, other than obviously the obvious, uh, the Dylan Campbell extending his, his school record hitting streak to 30 games now, it's 30 straight games uh, that, uh, that uh, D.C. has gotten a base hit. But in addition to that, uh, folks were going to be very, very interested in how Tanner Witt did. So Witt went three innings. He had two one, two, three innings, the first and the third. And the second, he gave up a hit and a walk, and then that uh, home run that got just beyond Campbell's reach. But it was a home run over the right field wall, so he did give up those three. It was a designated start, which you can do a non-conference play, designate him eligible for the decision. So... Uh, he ended up picking up the win because Longhorns turned around and just bashed uh, Spartan pitching after that. They went 18-6. to So that was part of the conversation, but it was about the resiliency of the team bouncing back after that first loss to win handily in the second game of the doubleheader, then take the series. Second week in a row, the Longhorns had dropped the first game of a series, then won the series. They did it at Kansas the week before. They not had to deal with that or do that all season. And they've been able to pull it off back-to-back weekend. So this was Ty Harrington's conversation with head coach David Pierce after the ball game. You know, we dealt with a lot this weekend, but I really like the way we responded and got this uh, series done. We've talked a lot about May baseball, and, you know, we just advanced again. And that's big for our team, the way we responded. You respond with 42 runs. Offensively, you guys approach. I know you know this, and I'm – you know, preaching to choir, particularly to you. You guys came out early with your offense approach. Everything was middle away. Your offense was really locked in, lasered in. They were not going to be denied today. No, their lefty is down angle, 93-94 in the first, and we got after him, and, you know, he's been good for them, and they got to their bullpen early. But so proud of just their ability to go in there, get their work done, and have the right intent at home plate. And, you know, this team's still growing. We're still trying to get better. And the growth of getting beat on game in game one and to respond like that, it, it's big for us. And we need to be in this these adverse situations. You know, you get to the tournament, you might be playing a 9 a.m. game. And so it's just things you have to deal with. Let's talk about the pitch in a little bit. Tanner Wick goes back out there, three innings today. Got to put those spikes in the dirt for three innings today, which is important to that young man because he loves, as you know, he loves being out there. Travis comes in behind him. Talk to us a little bit about the pitching today. Yeah, it's pretty good piggyback. I mean, uh, I guess Tanner's our opener now. <laughs> but I'll say this, uh, I thought he had real co- real good command of, of, of his curveball and changeup, and fastball started getting that down angle. Still probably a little tick below his velocity, but that's okay. Just his movement, he was much more connected in his delivery, which created much better sync, and that was great to see. And, you know, everybody loves to watch him compete because he loves doing it. Let's talk timing now because you, you guys are still in this to, to win a possible regular season championship moving forward. you got a big week coming up next week. Talk to us a little bit more about the timing because it changes to Thursday Friday, Saturday series next week on the last Big 12 Conference Series of the year. Well, that's when this day becomes advantageous as well to get that extra day of rest and kind of keep a regular schedule. Uh, there's no midweek. Uh, so tomorrow, we'll, we're taking tomorrow off. We'll sit around and watch other games and root for certain people <laughs> and uh, just put ourselves in a position, hopefully, to have opportunity and go in and get ready for uh, a really good West Virginia team. So see what happens. You know, none of, coaches, we never love losing the first game of a series. You've lost, you know, the first and the last two series. 
but you show a lot of resiliency, a lot of competitiveness. You got to moving forward as you refer to it, May baseball. You got to love that about your team right now. I do. I really do. I like the way um, they felt after getting beat. I like the way that they responded. I mean, just the look in their eye. They were they were not going to be denied the next two games and just a sign of growth and you know we're trying to get better on the field but we're trying to also grow up and you know we have some guys that are playing really well and they need to keep that that mentality and that intent and and continue to understand why they're being successful and the guys that are struggling just hang in there just keep going uh they both both sides need to just stay intense and and be ready to go and keep working and it'll work out for them so uh, the thoughts of David Pierce there uh, after the game. We're, we'll hear from Tanner Witt coming up next hour. A couple of things. First of all, in the Big 12 standings, because I know we've had a lot of folks asking for, example, CB just texted, if Texas sweeps West Virginia, is that how they win the Big 12? Not exactly. Uh, but not completely is the proper phraseology. Uh, here, Here's the standings right now. you got one weekend to go in Big 12 conference play. And the only school... It's just weird how this works out. The only school not playing a conference series this weekend is Baylor. And it and it kind of is almost fitting because the Bears got swept by TC over the weekend. They're done. They're eliminated. They will be the odd team out and will not play in the Big 12 Conference Tournament because only the top eight go. Baylor is assured of finishing in last place. So uh, in ninth, so they will not be in the Big 12. And it'll be the first time, by the way, that Baylor has not qualified for the Big 12 baseball tournament. There's been some years when Texas didn't make it, obviously, as we know, most recently 2019. But uh, Baylor had never failed to qualify for the Big 12 baseball tournament until this year, first time for them. And they finished conference play at 6-18. and 18. They've got a non-conference series in Waco against Cal State Bakersfield this weekend, but they'll finish their season from there. So here's the standings. You have West Virginia at 15 and 6. West Virginia took two or three from Texas Tech over the weekend in Morgantown. Oklahoma State is 13 and 8. The Cowboys took two of three from Kansas State and Stillwater Oak, uh, over the weekend. Then Texas and Kansas State are both 12 and 9 in the league. Technically, if it ended the day, the Longhorns would be the three seed because they won the season, the uh, regular season series against Kansas State. Texas would be the three seed if it ended today, but we know there's one week to go. Kansas State, like I said, is 12 and 9. They're both tied for third at the moment. TCU is in fifth place at 11 and 10. Texas Tech and Oklahoma are tied for sixth. Both are 10 and 11. Kansas is 7 and 14. Um, it, the, the seeds are not yet wrapped up, any of them right now, other than the fact that Baylor won't be in because, for example, Kansas, which is in eighth place and probably will finish in eighth, but they're 7-14. and 14, they're play, They play in Lubbock this weekend. If somehow Kansas were to sweep all three games in Lubbock, they would move up and Texas Tech would move down to uh, the eighth seed if that were to happen. Oklahoma plays Oklahoma State. You have Bedlam this weekend in Norman. They don't split that series anymore. They play a couple of non-conference games against one another. Don't count in the uh, Big 12 standings during the season. But when they play their conference series, they just rotate Stillwater to Norman, and this year it's in Norman. All of these series, by the way, are Thursday, Friday, Saturday. All of them are. Uh, TCU plays at Kansas State. And, again, the Frogs are 11-10. and K-State is 12-9. and That's in Manhattan. Uh, and then, of course, Texas is hosting West Virginia. For those of you wanting to know, 
like CB just texted, uh, Texas, A, first of all, would have to sweep West Virginia. And we'll talk more about the Mountaineers as the week goes on, but you're going to see how difficult a task that's going to be when we tell you about what this West Virginia team has done this year. But you start from that premise. That would put both of them at 15-9. and Now, remember, Oklahoma State is 13-8 and going into the weekend in Bedlam. If they were to sweep all three games and Texas were to sweep West Virginia, Oklahoma State would be the outright Big 12 regular season champion. But so what the Longhorns would need, in case you're wondering, they obviously would have to sweep West Virginia. Oklahoma State would have to lose one game uh, to Oklahoma to force a three-way tie there at 15-9. and And if Kansas State were to sweep TCU, they too would be 15-9. and There would be a four-way tie for first. In that four-way tie, yeah, I believe Oklahoma State draws the one seed in Texas, the two. In a three-way tie with West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and Texas, the Longhorns would draw the one seed based on the better head-to-head record. They all would have won a series against one another, but Texas would have the only sweep in that. So the odds are very, very long. The, the, the key to that whole deal is just playing well against a, a team that's really good and has a high RPI and can help Texas in terms of the regional uh, projections and the regional consideration for that. So now, you're a Texas fan, Craig. Basically, you're rooting for absolute chaos. I, that's what weekend. you have to have. Okay. It basically has to come down. Now, this has happened before, not quite on this level, but there was some chaos, I guess, in 2018 when uh, Oklahoma State uh, uh, wound up sweeping Tech and the Longhorns got their sweep uh, against TCU and wound up winning the uh, conference title on the last day of the season. I mean, chaos has happened before, but this would be quad-level chaos because you had West Virginia, Oklahoma State, Texas, and Kansas State. So the best thing and most important thing, and David Pierce will say, is they got to take care of business and go out and do what they have to do. Now, before we get to the break, uh, Texas softball. Uh, the, the Longhorns reached the final of the Big 12 Conference Tournament. They lost pretty handily to Oklahoma 6-1 in that Conference Tournament Championship. Texas finished outright second in the Big 12. And they uh, were the number two seed there in the tournament and got to the final. And they had better RPI numbers than, say, Oklahoma State. They swept Oklahoma State during the course of the season. So there was a lot of grumbling. And if you saw the camera shots last night on the local news that uh, that came from the ESPN uh, selection announcement, there were a lot of unhappy Longhorns there to see that Texas only, quote-unquote, only, drew the number 13 seed. So what that means is Texas will be at home this week at McCombs. Friday afternoon against Seton Hall, the Big East champ. They played them at 4 o'clock. Then Texas State got in as an at-large. That was good to see. They play A&M at 6.30. So it's a challenging regional for Texas. And then if they win that, and if the seeds hold the form, they'd have to go to Knoxville to play Tennessee. So a lot of people really upset about this and saying they they deserved a higher seed. And I do think they did deserve a higher seed. I am not surprised at all, and and listening to Andrew Haynes as well, he said uh, unless Texas won the Big 12 tournament title, odds are they were not going to be a top eight. And and I think the other thing that bothers people is that Oklahoma State wound up being a sixth seed on that. But also hearing Mike White talk about it, he said he thought the team fell about where he thought he said 11, 12, 13. So for all the folks who are saying they, you know, they got hosed, they this, they that, they didn't, they, they, uh, they weren't given a good deal by the NCAA, there are numbers to back up those claims. I'm not disputing that at all. 
Um, I'm just kind of deferring back to what Mike White said based on. Here's the other thing. You can't get swept in the final weekend of the regular season against a Big 12 also ran in Baylor that got knocked out in the first round. That hurt. So I think all of that added into the tournament selection committee's mindset when they did that. 